Greetings from the Long Island Sound podcast. Welcome to the show. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. And call our listener line and leave a message for our guests. Dial 631-800-3579. All right, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Long Island Sound Podcast, where we explore the muse and the music from the North Shore to the South Shore, from New York City to the Hamptons, navigating the wellspring of original music from singer-songwriters and musicians from Long Island, New York. Hi, I'm Steve Yusko from GigDestiny.com. Stay tuned as we explore the Long Island Sound. In this episode of the Long Island Sound Podcast, we discover Bob and Claire Blatchley, who have such great music and an interesting backstory and are part of the trio Perfect Strangers. Stick with us here at the Long Island Sound. Within 
to be born again My faith renewed Give me solitude I heard this beautiful voice emanating from the back room when I entered the Village Lantern in Lindenhurst last week. Until now, Bob Blanchley and I were perfect strangers. His vocal intonations and guitar created a relaxed atmosphere, setting up a comfortable experience for the evening's dining and the enjoyment we seek from live music on Long Island. Delving deeper into his music, I found an introspective posture and a spiritual thread of lessons learned and the hope we yearn for, as he was accompanied by his wife Claire on flute through the tracks I uncovered online. And with that, I'm happy to introduce you to Bob Blanchley. Welcome to the Long Island Sound Podcast, Bob. Well, thank you very, very much, Steve. I don't really have much much else to add. You pretty much covered it, so I've got nothing to say. <laughs> and thank you, everybody. And that's probably the shortest podcast that we've had to date. And the season's you know? over. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, please tip your waitresses and waiters <laughs> on the way out. Uh, you know what? You know it's funny. My experience of, of and I really love uh, interviewing musicians and artists, and. Uh, uh, you come across just my initial thing is as a humble guy and, and all the great humble people are like, I don't know if I have much to say, but as we, we dive into things, you'll find out we have a lot of things to, to find out about you. And, and our goal here is really uh, for me. And I think for the audience is to discover the musician behind the music. And uh, I'm always curious, did you come from a musical family? When did you pick up an instrument? Where did it all begin for you, Bob? I was actually born in Brooklyn, and it was the, the typical mother-daughter house where we lived with my grandparents, my Italian grandparents on my mom's side. Um, so they both played music. My mom was a singer. My uncle, who lived in the house, uh, play, sang and played guitar. My brother played guitar and sang. So I was sur- I was surrounded by it, and it was uh, it was great to just be you know, introduced to so much different music over the years. My my brother got me started on the guitar. My uncle was a huge influence. He would, he would come by, he was about 11 years older than I am, and he would come by and say, oh, you have to hear this new, new song by Paul Simon. You got to hear this Cat Stevens. And he was excited to show his little nephew all this great music, and I was just like a sponge taking it all in. I tell you, you know what, you know what amazes me? And I have, I have nieces. I told the story before. Um, I didn't have, I, I didn't have that type of upbringing. I was, you know, I wanted to play the piano and, uh, you know, I didn't woodshed it as, as they say. Uh, but I really like learning about, about your influences and having a family that does that encouragement. You don't realize, I mean, I realize it as an adult now, what an impact kids have on adults who love music and want to share music with them i i think that's i think that's phenomenal i and i have nieces you know we hand the harmonicas around uh, the campfire in the backyard and you know of course they got one in every key but they're having a grand old time and you know 
it's 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 that kind of influence that creates the artists that we have today, you know. So you were really surround. You were in like the pool of music, I guess it sounds like. Yes, it was like like I had said the um, primarily like I said, my mom sang. She had a beautiful voice. My grand my grandparents played, but at that point in time, they really weren't playing that often. My uncle mm-hmm. was really the one that that kind of pushed it. But I'm, I'm just going to backtrack real quick. So I yeah, actually sure. have one of one of my first memories as a uh, you know on this earth. And it was a musical memory. I was five years old, so I'm born in 1959. And my mom, with the radios on in the house, and my mom, the mom mom hears a song come on. She goes, oh, listen to this. This is the Beatles. You have to listen to this. And I I started listening to I Want to Hold Your Hand. And for the first couple lines, it didn't do much for me. But then when the harmony came in and Lennon went down and McCartney went up, Mm -hmm. I said, okay, now now I get it. And I still remember that moment when my mom said, listen to this, this is the Beatles. They're going to, you know, and that was the big thing back then. And then I started actually playing guitar. I I sang from from a young age, but I actually started playing guitar at 11 years old in 1970. So that was a wonderful time to start playing guitar because a lot of singer-songwriters are coming along after the Beatles broke up. You had your Cat Stevens, your James Taylor. I'm a huge fan of Simon Simon and Garfunkel were uh, uh, big influences in my life as well. And you know what? I can actually attest to that because that's Paul Simon is is the uh, the influence that came to mind when I first heard your voice. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I could definitely hear that that influence. Uh, you know, as we walked in, into the restaurant, and you know, for me, uh, it's like pitching over hitting. You know, in baseball, mm-hmm. you know, singing, singing, singing really trumps everything else. You know, it, it, that's what kind of draws me in. Uh, you know, the instrument playing and, and, and knowing that craft is great, but it's the vocals. It's just that great instrument of vocals and people who um, hone that craft is that I, I find so amazing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's not it's not that common. And then when you're in a group and you could have the magic between uh, one or more uh, singers like in harmony, what grabbed you, that that's that's really kind of that's kind of cool. You know, I'm the knucklehead who, you know, has difficulty finding the first note in the song, as my wife will always remind me, going, uh, you know, that's the wrong key. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you, so that's, you why saw, I, that's why I do podcasts. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So you saw us on Thursday night, and on Thursday night, I play with a trio called Different Roads. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself, Guy Pizzullo, uh, plays lead guitar and sings, and Rick Bonilla also plays guitar and sings. And the nice thing about the group and the reason we called it uh, Different Roads is we, we, all come, we all came from different backgrounds, but we've all got very, very different voices as well. Like you, you had mentioned my voice is kind of a Paul Simonish voice, which I think is accurate. Uh, Rick Bonilla has a very, very Dylan-esque uh, kind of grab, yeah, that type of voice. And Guy Pizzullo has a real rock and roll voice. He'll, 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 you know, he'll rip out some stuff, you know, like... Um, Oh, what's that song? Uh, I can't even think of it. He'll do some Bruce Springsteen stuff. He'll do uh, Runaway, things like that. We can hit the high notes like that and really tear it apart. So we all come out, come at it, come at it from different angles, and it's a very nice. Uh, there's a very nice contrast. Yeah. Now let me set the stage for when we went into the Village Lantern. The Village Lantern, for those who don't know, is a great German restaurant in the heart of Lindenhurst on Wellwood Avenue. And they recently expanded and they opened the place up. Uh, they used to have a bakery next door and it's really kind of airy now and, and they're doing some more work in the back. But I, I was, you know, I would go for the food, but if there's music, that's, that's a bonus for us. And we were used to seeing uh, older uh, gentlemen, uh, uh, you know, playing the accordion and, and, and very ethnic music. So when we walked in, we heard you singing. I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is someone I can relate to. Uh, and it was, it just, 
it kind of filled the atmosphere. I, I know I said that in my introduction, but it really kind of sets sets a beautiful stage, you know. And I think that's key for any musician who plays live. It, you kind of ebb and tide through performance and background, I think, to to a certain extent, you know. And and you have to have a feel for the room and what have you. So. Um, yeah. You, you played it well. I'll, I'll well, thank you very much, Steve. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I, I will pass the compliment on to Rick and Guy. Um, yeah. And, uh, we, you know, we, we've we been doing it there, believe it or not. I, I was figuring it out the other day. It's about 10 or 12 years already that we're there on Thursdays. Wow. And uh, they, they couldn't, they're, they're, they're great to us. We love coming in there. It's a, it's a, it's a fun night out. And um, I'm very blessed to, at this age to be able to perform and record and write and sing and um you know, I worked in I worked in finance. I actually worked on the trading floor for thirty years, and mm-hmm. somehow I walked away and still had my voice, which um, <laughs> which, which wow. I'm lucky about because a lot of people I know had had you know polyps and things like that that uh, sure you know, they, they kind of lost their voice a lot. So I'm very grateful. That's that's nice. You know, it's interesting, and and um, I try to help friends get gigs, and it's it's not easy. And a lot of singer songwriters listen to to the podcast, and. Uh, you know, sometimes it's great. It's a blessing for you that you've had this, you know, uh, every Wednesday or so uh, go on. That's really great. It's hard to break into a place, especially when you have a good artist and the venue operators. Hey, you know, these guys are they're they're a fixture here, you know, mm. so it's uh, I, I find that that interesting. And that's, I think, the struggle that some young artists have in in breaking into, you know, playing consistently live out there you know very true yes very true you know and what we're going to hear is 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 bob has a a few uh songs some original songs we always like to um uh, expose uh, our audience to some some great original music that uh, can kind of get buried in the weeds on spotify so to speak so we'll we'll be jumping into that later so you so did your brother continue with music or any other family members are you the one who you know kind of took the torch so to speak Yes, my brother actually still plays. He he kind of takes he kind of comes at it from a different approach. He's very very he's a student and he likes to learn and he's he's the one that breaks it down and learns tab and all that kind of stuff. He's not really you know, as as he says he doesn't really perform, but he loves the instrument. He loves the 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 techniques, the concepts behind it, the mathematics of it. He's very very much into that. And my uncle, who I, who I mentioned earlier, who got me started, and we've played on and off over the years together. He still plays. He plays. Uh, Nursing homes. We're actually playing a gig this uh, this coming Thursday in a at an adult daycare in um, in Farmingdale. So he's still he's oh, still at great. it, and, uh, and he's got a wonderful voice. And he's great. He's a great singer songwriter as well. That's funny. You remind me of a story. Uh, my mom was in assisted living, and I saw this gentleman who was who was just a really great guy. He played Santa Claus and stuff like that, and I went to visit him in his room. And I look on his wall, and I'm not kidding you. He had 20 gold albums on the wall. This wow. is an 80 year old man. And I said, "You're a songwriter?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'm a songwriter. Yeah, I got a few hits. Very humble guy. <laughs> it just, it just, it just blew my mind. You know, you you never know. You know, uh, you never know what's behind the person. You never know. So it, it's it's kind of cool. Hey, why don't we do this? We're going to take a short break, and when we get back, I'm really interested in. When you picked up the instrument, how it came to you, how you approached it, we'll we'll jump into that. So, hey, everybody, stick with us, and we'll be uh, we'll be right back. Hi, Steve Yusko from Gig Destiny here. 
Well, as you're probably listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking about that musician who would make a fantastic guest here on the Long Island Sound. Well, we'd like to hear their story. We'd like to hear their music. So have them reach out to us at gigdestiny.com and we'll explore their craft. Now, back to our podcast. Hey, we are back. And Bob, I'm really curious about this with musicians. When you tackle the guitar, you got introduced to it by your uncle and your family, who sounds like they were really supportive about music. How did you approach it? Did you approach it? Um, I mean, did you really get into, you know, the theory part of it or did you start strumming it? How did you approach your instrument? Okay, the theory for me came later. The mm. I've, always, I've always had, you know, from what people have told me and what from, my, from what I've seen about my, you know, where I am, I've always had a very, very good ear. And okay. um, so, th- so this the singing came first to me, and then I wanted to learn how to play guitar so I could actually perform and you know back myself up with the guitar. I um, you know I, I learned by ear probably, and then as the years went on, I picked up more and more theory, and I look more, look at more theory now than ever, and I break things down. And because Claire, who's my wife, plays the flute, we mm-hmm. speak different musical languages because she okay. re- every, everything she does is reading. And everything I do for the most part is by ear. So the only time we really fight about anything is we're trying to arrange something because we speak different languages. I'm talking about I'm talking about this, and she's like, "Well, I'm I, you know I'm seeing it a different way than you are." And we kind of we we have, we have to figure out a shorthand, which, which we figured out that we we've got a shorthand how we arrange things at this point. Wow, um, that's cool. Yeah. So the that's theory cool. came the theory came afterwards for me. Yeah, my wife and I have a shorthand. She tells me what to do, and I do it. <laughs> so, you know, it works for her. So, uh, you know. <laughs> but you know what I find interesting, too, is is a husband and wife duo and how, how you approach music, how you have yeah another language. You, you mentioned another language to communicate with each other. And when you perform, uh, I always found, um, I find it kind of remarkable, especially in a band or a trio, how, and I've been noticing this more and more as, I go out and listen to live music is the nuance of communication, nonverbal communication between musicians. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, maybe that comes easy. I, I, tell me about it. How does it, how does it work for you guys? You know? Okay. Well, this actually leads me into something that we uh, touched upon earlier. Uh, you'd mentioned mm. in your intro, perfect strangers. So the trio that I do, the majority of my work in is perfect strangers, which is myself, Claire, my wife Claire on the flute, and Guy Pizzullo, who you saw the other night on on electric guitar. Okay. And um, somehow or another, it just really, really works. Um, Guy has got a wonderful ear. He can improvise on anything I throw at him. You know, I do my, you know, I'm kind of the, you know, I'm kind of the glue, but but between Guy and Claire, they're the ones doing the incredible solos. I mean, they do anything. they're They're adding the spice to the song. Oh boy, and boy, do they do a great job. So, so Claire and I will actually arrange things because you know we're married, we live together, and we work on these arrangements. And Guy just, you know, after going through a song once or twice, he finds the, the the exact spot he needs to be in, and we always leave room for him. But you know, they'll do anything from Jethro Tull to Pink Floyd to, you know, stuff that that's really really difficult, and they do a fabulous job with it. So, that is our uh, that's our trio that we we play a lot of live gigs with. It's also the 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 people that I record with. Is gotcha. Claire and Guy. So it's some of the recordings that you've heard. Now, do you do you record at home? Or you go to a studio. How do you, how do you approach the recording process? Yes, I've had I've actually had a re- recording studio in my house for many many years. I used to have a uh, 
a functional recording studio in Wanto when I lived there. Um, I've got a smaller recording studio now. Um, I can't really fit a drum set or, you know, I, I can record with one, maybe two people at this point. Um, mm -hmm. But I've been I've been doing home recordings for many, many years now. So it ties into having a good ear, uh, you know, in studio production. Uh, <laughs> it's I had a, a couple of studio guys who listened to my podcast and, and kind of properly drew me across the carpet. Uh, I featured uh, Mike Nugent's song, and he's like, uh, you put it in mono, and you really didn't do his song justice. And I'm like, oh, man, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, well, I learned that lesson early on, which, which is good. But having that ear, and I think for new, new musicians, there's so much to be learned about having a trained ear uh, yes. to, to find out where you need where you need to be and, and, and where you start and where you end up, you know. Uh, that's 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 part of besides the fingering on on the fretboard. It's training your ear to to catch things that I think really kind of work. So when you um so you have a few recordings um you 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 put it up like through CD Baby or how how do you get it out to the to the world I guess? Yeah, basically. I mean, for years I was actually recording CDs and putting out CDs, and all of a sudden CDs are now used for um you know to put your drinks on. And there's, everything is everything is Spotify this that and the other thing. So I've so I've you know I've gone into that at this point. So now I've I've got I think I've got about one and a half CDs up on Spotify at this point. I've got a couple of backlog that I want to put back up, and I've got a couple of older songs that I really love that I, I was never happy with the recordings that I'm actually going to re-record uh, in the near future. Right, and that that's why that's one of the reasons I started the Long Island Sound podcast is really to kind of separate it out. You know, you can throw, you can throw, uh, it, I equated it to like, you know, desktop printing, you know, you can produce and, and put it up there, but now how do you spotlight it? And if you think about, you know, you're not going to make, I hate to say this, you're not going to make money on Spotify, you know, with your music and you have to, you have to do live performance is, is what I'm hearing from musicians. And to get that gig, it's very rare unless you have a large catalog of original music to go out and just play original music and the mixing of cover songs. And I'm, I'm sure you probably sneak in a couple of your original songs when you, you play out there. Um, and that's why tribute bands really kind of jumped into the scene uh, to get airplay, I guess, live airplay, you know, that's very true. And it's, it's very difficult to get, to get original gigs, much less paying original gigs. I mean, if you go into Manhattan, they actually, you have to pay to play which is wow. really crazy. Um, that's how bad it is. Right. But um, yeah, we, we do, we do throw some originals in. Um, it's almost like a separate entity. The, you know, we've, we've got our repertoire of, of cover songs that we play at the venues that we play at restaurants, things like that. And we've also got the, um, the, the original uh, slice of the pie where we, we do some recording and then there are some original shows that we get involved in. And it's a nice, it's a nice balance, but you know, it's, you know, I'm not under the delusion that um, that people that don't know my music are going to want to hear it or any other original artists. Some people do. It's a small audience, unfortunately. People want to hear what they know. Yeah, true. Yeah, they want to reminisce. And yeah, they want that familiar familiarity with their music. And, and uh, you know, I can't object to that. I think, you know, I was looking at a couple of the photos online. Did you guys play at uh, Bartini in Babylon by chance? We played at Bartini a few times. Uh, Dave Drew, the owner of Bartini's, uh, is a great guy. Very, very, um, 
you know, big, big in the big in the community, always does a lot of great things for original music. He, he writes his own music and uh, a really, 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 really nice man. We've, we've known we've known him probably about 10 or 15 years and could, couldn't be a nicer guy. Yeah. Another another guest, uh, Kevin McLeod, went to high school with me. He's a jazz player, plays a Bartini very often. And uh, for those who don't know, Bartini is right by the Babylon uh, train station on the north side. It's a tiny little bar, has a nice little back room. Uh, with a like little stage and uh yeah you can hear great original music when you go there so it's a great place i don't hey, actually I'm, I'm sorry steve i actually don't know no. I, I actually don't know kevin mcleod but he plays in the band that you that you just uh, referenced he plays with uh, my old drummer uh, claudio plays in the band with him they do the, they do the jazz thing yeah yeah true to life is one of his bands he played in manhattan okay and, uh, he uh, he and i went to holy trinity high school oh my son went there 1979. <laughs> so you, uh, we played the song Solitude uh, as an opener. So um, t- tell us about that, how, how that came about and, and, and the story behind the song. Yeah, a quick story. Um, I was actually, I don't know if, if you or any of your audience is familiar with uh, Lucinda Williams, but I was, try- I was trying to write a song in the in the vein of her type of song, which is kind of country-ish type of thing, which isn't typically what I write. And um, this is what came out. And it was it was actually written pre-COVID. And, mm. you know, then it's, it's like the old saying, be careful what you wish for. So, you know, the song is called Solitude. And then we spent two years in solitude. So be careful what you wish for. Um, so I won't, I won't, I won't blame you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the actually, so I wrote the music on this song, and I, I wrote myself and Claire. Actually, Claire contributed to the um, to the lyrics as well. She she's very she's very happy with the line she wrote. That was it's called the line is the sacred the sacred is within, and it's a beautiful line. So we we both contributed on the lyrics to, to to solitude. Absolutely. Now I'm going to ask you the the typical songwriting question. Does the melody come first? Do the lyrics come first? Do you depend upon somebody else? Do you collaborative or less collaborative? Maybe answer that already. Uh, how do you approach? How do you approach the muse? Yeah, typically my songwriting, um, I've I've done very very little collaborating. Um, I've thought about it many times and I've considered it, but it just never really panned out that much. Um, mm-hmm. Typically, the music comes first, or maybe a a, a title or a, an idea comes first, and then I'll kind of work with that. I mean, I've had I've had songs. I wrote a song. Um, it's actually on Spotify, where I was on the subway one day going to work, and I was sleeping, and I woke up, and this melody and the line "Three Bugs on Ice" was in my head. What what it means, I have no idea. And I actually wrote a song about it, and people said they love the song. So you you just never know. Yeah, it it just comes out of the ether, right? Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and I, I always joke about it. I've I've written a thousand pieces of songs, and and uh, I've forgotten them all. You know, but but to have something stick in your head and 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 act on it uh, is what makes you an artist and a musician. You know, to kind of draw it out of yourself. You know, and and expand upon it. That's kind of cool. What you know? I what I what I had done prior to uh, prior to smartphones with the recorder built in is I would always I would always carry a small recorder with me. Because okay. I because I I'd get a melody in my head or a line in my head and like you said, if you don't capture it, you forget it. So I would constantly yeah. be recording little little snippets of of, um, of melody, snippets of, of vocals, things like that, just just to kind of save them. Right. Yeah. I, I do the same thing. I hit the little record button, and I'll I'll just say idea for a song, idea for a poem, 
uh, and then I'll go back to it when I, when I have some solitude and some some thinking time, which I probably had too much uh, uh, thinking time over the past two years. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but things are starting to loosen up, and and there's a lot more live music now, and uh, you know it's it's a good thing. And let me ask you this: so you you mentioned you go out and you you, you played the wineries on the North Fork, right? You've done that. Yes. Um. So. Uh, do you try to stick to a particular geographical location or, you know, where, where do you play around the island, I guess, is what I'd like to find out. Yeah, it's 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 funny how the, the music scene works. And Claire and I have spoken about this. And I don't know if it's because there's a lot of people in our boat that played music their whole lives and all of a sudden they're semi-retired or retired or the kids are out of the house and they want to get back into it. But there is a mm -hmm. lot more musicians than gigs. So we'll we, yeah. we'll take we'll take the gig anywhere. So we've been you know I've been at this. Um, I'm, I'm playing my whole life, but I got back seriously into it about about 2009 2010, and we've got a number of recurring gigs. So we play in Nassau County, we play in Suffolk County, we do some vineyards, we do some some um, marinas out on the North Fork. We just we just recently got a gig on the South Fork at a place called the uh, I think it's the Beach Bar. We haven't played haven't played the gig yet, but we've got it lined up. Um, nice. So we've, you know, and typically what we found over the years is when we, when we get our foot in the door, we typically tend to stay. We're easy to work with, and we give them a good a good night of music. You know that that that's the whole thing. I I was uh, uh, an earlier guest of mine, Dan Donnelly, who plays on the South Shore. He he gigs. He has a full time job, and he gigs three or four times a week. It's just he's crazy, uh, and I'll say that, and he'll agree with me. Um, but one of the things I pulled out from his conversation and yours is. You got to be you got to work with the venue operator and be kind of easy going about it, you know, and, and how you approach it. And I was thinking about this. Uh, another gentleman, Eric McCormick, told me, he goes, you know, what? I start out low with my volume because I'm really happy when they come and tell me to turn it up as opposed to turn it down you yeah. know, uh, and take that approach. You know, that's so, good advice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? You can always turn it up, but yeah. the other the other's going to have a, a negative impact on you, and and there you go. Um, Claire might join us, I think. Right? That would I be believe lovely. she's going to try to so, stop down in a few minutes. Yes. Wonderful. Um, so I'll I'll ask her about her her background, and um, she plays the flute, right? Yes. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Really. You know, it's nice. It's a nice. It's a nice touch because you don't. At least I don't run into that in the bars and restaurants. You know, maybe a wedding. You know, uh, at the cocktail hour. Um, I assume you do that too? You do special events or parties and stuff like that? Yes, or? we do parties. We do um, we do wedding ceremonies. We do wedding cocktail hours. Typically not a uh, reception only because then they want to get the DJ in there and everyone wants to dance and we're a little bit, me little bit mellow for that type of thing. But uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we've actually got a wedding coming up next month that we're doing and uh, we've done them at the Garden City Hotel. We've, we've, we've done a bunch of weddings as well. So we've got a, we've got a very versatile um, set list. We do we do mellow stuff. We can do the rock stuff, if, you know, if that's what it calls for. We've got we've got songs for the young kids. We've got songs for the, the people our age, you know, a little bit of everything. Yeah, you need you need, you need that diversity, and and then and then you kind of roll with whatever audience that you're playing with. And by the way, I'm happy to to take any of your events and post it on the Gig Destiny uh, site. Um, oh, use great. Google Calendar, and 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 happy uh, to uh, reference where you're going to be. So when people listen to this podcast, they know where to go and say, "Hey, you know what? 
I think I'd like to listen to Bob and, and Claire uh, in person. So that, oh, thank that you. would be kind of cool. Sure. So um, let's talk about the next song that we're going to play for the audience. I think it's Serenity Today. You want to tell us about that? And then we'll take a break and listen to it. Sure. When I've kind of, you know, I've, I'm at this a long time and I've kind of um, gravitor- gravitated toward um, lyrics that have a little bit more substance and kind of away from the, you know, the cliche generic uh, lyric, which does really does nothing for me these days. Mm-hmm. And um, I hope after, you know, living as many years as I've lived, I, I, hopefully I've gotten a little bit of wisdom and, um, and different things are important to me now than they were you know, they were back in the day. And this really is a song about, you know, those those fleeting moments of serenity in our lives and looking back on the mistakes you make or I've made and, um, you know, accepting them, learning from them and saying, okay, this is, but what I have at this moment, I have serenity at this moment. And it's, you know, that's, you know, I found it, I found a better way I have, I have serenity today. And it's all about really, you know, putting things in that perspective and saying, this is really what's important to me, you know, being, being peaceful and, um, you know that those are the kind of things that 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 are meaningful to me for me to to me today that that were not maybe as as meaningful when I was in my twenties. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting as as uh, we're we're similar in age, probably a year apart. Is uh, and my daughter really has been teaching me this is is uh, an empathetic person who counts their blessings really gives uh, they give themselves uh, a new perspective on men, on many things. Uh, and uh, when I was listening to that to the song we're about to hear, that counting your blessings really just kind of resonated with me with this song. So um, why don't we uh, why don't we take a listen to Serenity today? We'll be right back. Love is patient. Love is kind. Many years I didn't mind. Praying for a better way I have serenity today Love is simple as a rule You were fearful I was cruel Still I failed to let you in Where you end and I begin In the tangled web we weave How many pardons do we get From resentment to regret As we learn 
patient, love is kind. Love is always on my mind. Now I embrace a better way. I have serenity today. I embrace a better way. I have serenity today. Hey, what a great song, Bob. Serenity today. It's got a lot of great lessons in uh, in it, and it's really peaceful. It's kind of kind of kind of nice to listen Thank to. You. So, so tell me, Bob. Tell me about you know we learned about the fertile ground of music in your family and how you picked up the instrument and how you approached it. Tell me about how things progressed from that point with bands and stuff and 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 what you did with music. Okay, so. Um... Start, like I said, started playing at a young age, uh, went off to college and, um, you know, met some met some great musicians in college. And um, it turns out I, I went to school up at Oswego and it turned out that if, that the musicians that I met up at Oswego were Long Islanders, which was great. So sure. I um, I came back down here and um, one of the gentlemen, his name is Alan Fox. Um, we we started a band called The Leaders. And he and I were the were the main songwriters. We kind of had that 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 friendly competitiveness. Like I'd write a song and he'd want to match it, and then I'd have to try to match his song. And we really had a nice, nice. catalog of music. Um, and then we had you know we had a, a drummer who was with us for many many years. His name was Rick Cash, and we were all friends over the years. And we've you know we've kind of played together, then not played together, and played together again o- over the years. Um, you know, up mm-hmm. until you know, a couple, you know, up until the last, you know, six to eight months, ten, ten months, we were still you know, recording together and getting together. So, it's kind of a sad story, but I wanted to bring it up anyway. Um, so we find out um, a few months back that that um, that Ricky, our drummer, um, had lung cancer, and mm-hmm. um, they so took took many treatments and. Um, you know, at one point they said, there's really nothing we can do. So he was, you know, so we were, Al and I were talking every other day about Ricky and he's going to hospice and this and that. And I get a, I get a phone call um, thinking that it's about, you know, thinking it's about Ricky and it's another musical friend of ours. And he tells me that Al, Al had a heart attack and passed away. Oh my God. And then two days, wow. and then three days later, Ricky passed away. So I, lo- I lost both of them in a week. Oh, I'm so and sorry. it was just and just you know dear dear, dear friends great musicians and and one of the reasons I bring I bring this up is I, actually the, the main reason I bring this up is want to tri- to pay a tribute to them but um, when we talked about doing this podcast one, an idea that came to me I, I just want to put something out there to you is I mean sure. something that you may consider or I th- think might be a good idea if at one point we could um, and and well, just let me backtrack real quick so Al actually just got remarried. And just retired and had a heart attack, mm. you know, months later. Um, if at any point in time you want to get maybe his, you know, his new wife and his brother, who was a, you know, also a, you know, in the, in the entertainment business, and maybe maybe talk about Alan and play some of his music. It might be it might be something you might work. Oh, that'd be great. And that'd he, be and great. He really a, a great a great songwriter. He's done some beautiful songs over the years. We've we've recorded with each other and uh, really good guy. I'd feel blessed to do that. I really would. You make it happen, and I'll do that podcast. I'm happy, 
happy to do that, you know. And what's you know what's great about music? Your music lives on, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, along with the memories, so that's um, yeah, that's something we'll explore. Hey, man, that came out of left field, but but I thank you for sharing that. I, I really appreciate. Well, thank that. you, Steve. You know? Yeah, no, it, it, it's good stuff, you know. So on a, on a brighter um, note, Claire's joined yeah, us. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> no, 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 no. Not, there's no video. There's no video, Claire. There's no video. Yeah, Claire, Claire, don't worry. Don't worry. We're, we're putting up stills of you, Claire. It's all good. Just say hello, oh, Steve. Okay, hi. How are you? Very good. Thank you for joining us, Claire. Welcome to the Long Island Sound Podcast. Well, thank you for having us. And I know, oh, hey, we're sharing something in common. You have some wine, too? Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Mine's, Pina, mine's Pinot Grigio. Chardonnay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're, uh, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Claire just got off from work, and, and uh, if uh, I dragged my wife onto a podcast, I would be paying dearly for it uh, moments after the podcast was done. But thanks, thanks for joining us. What I, what I find... I'm going to ask a couple of questions, Claire, as far we went through uh, Bob's background and his family and they were very musical. How did how did you get introduced to music and, and, and pick up your instrument and kind of explore that? When did it start for you? Oh, boy, I must have been eight years old and started in school with all the other little kids. And I just always really loved it. I just really loved it. It stuck with me. I, I played in college. Um I, I had the opportunity to meet some of the um, greatest flute players of my time because they came to my college and we got to meet them. You know, Jean-Pierre Rampal and, and James Galway and. Oh um, really? Yeah, yeah. I remember him with the penny flutes playing yeah, two at once, right? Yes, yes. He's uh, he's quite quite a character, but um, and then just you know kept playing and you know after college would pick it up every now and then. Um, uh, because, you know, life gets in the way, kids, jobs. Um, and then about, I don't know, maybe 12 or 15 years ago, one of my neighbors, you know, said, you, you're going to come play with us. And I'm like, I am, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, where, show me where the music is. No, no, no. You have to write the music. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could do this, but, um, <laughs> she dragged me to an open mic and it was humiliating and I swore I'd never go back. And yeah. then, and then the person running the open mic um, emailed me and said, "Can you can you learn this part for for you know next week or whatever?" Which which I ignored the email because I thought surely he must have the wrong person, you know. <laughs> Seriously. Right. So sure. so I you know he he so I I didn't answer. He sent another email and said, "No real you know can you do this?" I said, "I I don't think you know who you're directing this to." I, I really honestly thought he he was you know trying to get someone else and he said no i know who you are and I, I want you to learn this part and so i did and and then after that i was hooked you know it's, a, it, it's amazing something simpler happened to me where i picked up guitar late in life played the three chords was miserable put it down for 10 years and hung on the wall like that mm -hmm. and um i had a friend who invited me over and said hey you know I, you play guitar why don't you play with us and i played with them and i was horrified about myself i was just like this i was like but the the gauntlet was kind of thrown down and and it really said you know what I, i'm gonna get better because i really enjoyed their company mm -hmm. uh and being being with musicians and and i was hooked you know yeah. i'm i'm still horrible but oh, i don't um, believe that for a minute but but i can play a lot more horrible notes than i did in the past you've made progress the, the, the other thing i found is kind of cool now you know it's the great retirement you know with covid and everything happening and uh, you're a couple who plays music together, which is rare. 
Um, and you seem to get along from what Bob said um, earlier. No, I'm kidding. Oh, he's <laughs> lying. <laughs> you argue like cats and dogs. Um, but to be able to share that, and, and uh, he mentioned that, you know, talking in two different languages, you know, between the flute and, and the way he plays and how you have to kind of kind of sync those two together is, is I, I find pretty, pretty interesting. And uh, I listened to your music and it was just, it's just very peaceful and, and has a, uh, just a beautiful tone to it. And that's, and I had mentioned this earlier when I introduced Bob is, is that his voice is what kind of, we, we went to the village lantern uh, for dinner, Debbie, my wife, Debbie and I, and it's like the voice kind of grabbed me and then created some kind of interest. But now I, I really want to see you guys live because, uh, you know, the two of you playing together and I want to see if you really argue. Because that would be really cool, too. Yeah, we, we yeah. really don't. The only thing we argue about is music. You know what would be yeah. cool? Is you play, like, you play like this serene music, flute, guitar. He's doing his Paul Simon thing. And then you fight in between the songs. Yeah. I, I think that would be, I, that would be something to see. Right. I mean, that would be... We'd have to learn how to do that. <laughs> yeah, right. I've got, a, I've got a bit of practice under my belt with that, for sure. So, um <laughs> We've already we've uh, so in the beginning of the podcast uh, we heard the the song Solitude, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, we just heard uh, Serenity today, okay. And what I want to jump into next is is the third song is uh, and I think you play on this is Rooftop Serenade. Right. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that or Bob or you both? Yeah, well, no. Why, why don't you tell him about it, Bob? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll and, take I'll take and, over. And Bob and Bob will. He will. Ex- Excellent. You take instruction well, my friend. (laughs) Yes, yes, dear. Uh, We were actually playing at a vineyard, a Sonino vineyard out out east. Uh, They became very, very dear friends of ours. I I talked about earlier, we we, we started playing there about 12 years ago, and we became very, very good friends with them, the owners. And anyway, so there was a couple listening to us. And when we took a break, the woman said, can I talk to you? So we we sat down with them. She says, I am... I'm one of the directors at a charity called Friends of Karen. And okay. Friends of Karen is similar to like the uh, the St. Jude's children where they basically, you know, they they help families with uh, you know of with that have you know child childhood illness, they help the families out. Um, but it's a local charity. So it's a Long Island to Long Island metropolitan area charity. And she said we're doing a fundraiser in um, in the city. Uh, would you like to you know, to, to provide music for the cocktail hour. And we said we would love to. So for about how many years, Claire? About three or four three years? Three or four years. Three yeah. or four years in a row, we would go with, go to Tribeca Rooftop, oh. up, to, up to the top, and they would raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for this charity. Um, there were celebrities there, and we got to perform, and we had a ball. So anyways, I, I tell that story because, the you know, where this song came from is, so we come to the building, and, you know, there are, homeless people on the ground floor and then you take the elevator up 12 12 floors and and they're raising you know six hundred thousand dollars and you know i don't you know and i'm 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 not judging that i'm just you know it just just, the disparity just struck me and it's it's really what the what the you know what the lyrics of the song are about it's about the you know the 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 such a disparity between people who have nothing and people you know yes they're they're donating to you know they're, they're donating to this this charity, which is wonderful, but they've got they've got money to burn, and that's right. really what the lyrics of the song "Rooftop Serenade" are about. Cool. What we'll do also in the chapter marks, we'll put the uh, link in 
for that charity as well so that if yeah. people want to lend a helping hand um, we're happy to uh, promote that as well so why don't we take a, a listen to rooftop serenade and we'll be right back Absolutely beautiful song. So tell me, Bob, what do you guys got? What, what's the future for Perfect Strangers for for you guys in music? And you know, we're probably going to have this uh, up um, 
by by May first, I would think. So um, what okay. do you got coming up in May in the summer? One, we have a website, a Facebook page, which is Perfect Strangers Long Island. If you like the Facebook page, we we post all of our gigs on we post all of our gigs on Ball. So what we have coming up is we've got a number of vineyards. Uh, we're playing at Clovis Point. We're playing at uh, Sonino Vineyard. We're playing at Billy's by the Bay. These are all on the North Fork. Mm-hmm. Um, we play monthly at um, at Borelli's Restaurant over by Nassau Coliseum. Oh yeah, in East Meadow. Yep. Yeah, we play no, there well. monthly. Um, what else do we have coming up? Like? I mentioned the Beach Bar in the Hamptons. That's going to be coming up in June or July. Villa uh, Villa Sorrento Restaurant in in Jamesport, or St. James, excuse me. The Northport Farmer's Market we play about once. So we've got a lot of stuff going on in different places. So rather than go through every gig and when we put this stuff out there, if anybody's interested, you know, if they want to send us an email, we'll put them on a mailing list. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. I'm sure once people have heard your music here, they'll be hooked and they'll they'll hunt you down, you know, for sure. I'll tell you one, one real quick. One, one nice thing that we're doing is um, we did this last year and they gave us the go ahead again this year is on 4th of July. If, if people are looking for something to do in the afternoon, we're, we're actually playing a free outdoor concert in uh, Northport, uh, right I guess Northport Harbor, right, right by the water, and we're going mm-hmm. to be setting up from three to six, and we're just going to be playing music outside to, to celebrate the day. And we did it last year, and it was a big hit, and we're doing it again this year. Tell them how that happened. Oh, with the with the, with COVID. the COVID. Oh, yeah. so so yeah, let me so 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 we're very opportunistic. So COVID hits in mm-hmm. in, in March of 2020, and basically I'm crossing out all of our gigs for for, for the next six months. Sure. So I have the idea of I'm like you know what. Why don't we go get ourselves a couple of of uh, rechargeable speakers? Some nice, you know, we're gonna invest a couple of dollars, and we we I bought a couple of really nice rechargeable speakers, and we went out to we went out to Northport down by the water over there, and we play in the park every day. And people were like, "This is great. There's no there's no live music these days. Um, they have they have like sound and noise ordinances in Northport." But they looked the other way for about six months, and then they finally shut us down. But we played we played the entire summer out there, <laughs> and we, we were making a couple hundred dollars a day in tips. Wow! It was it was great. It was and having a ball. It was it was such a win win. It, it worked for us. It worked for people that were looking for something to do. It was it was really really nice. And you could social distance. Yeah, you know it's interesting thing through COVID, how uh, creative people were to do a lot of stuff online and that sort of thing. And I remember as things were easing up. I remember the Lily Flanagan's, you know, they would only allow two people, two musicians to play. Is that crazy? They wouldn't allow yeah. more than two. You couldn't dance. Mm. Uh, you weren't allowed to dance. And I actually asked my wife to dance and the guy stopped us. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even have to tip the guy. And no, <laughs> but, it, but, <laughs> but he, but he did, did stop us. But there's, there's another lesson in that too. And, and it happened with, you know, what you did with the charity on the rooftop in Tribeca. Uh, and what you did in the park is you got to you got to throw the goodwill out there because honestly sure. it com- it comes back in spades you know yep and and people appreciate that and you get the exposure and and yeah that's 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 experience talking right there that's what you got to do so um, hey I want to I want to thank you both by the way um, for your time uh, today um, I look forward to meeting you in person. Uh, and hearing you out in the vineyards and having a, a glass. By the way, I'm drinking a little Pinot Grigio. It's just just to loosen up the vocal cords, you know, of for the podcast. <laughs> I do it for the podcast, and and then I write the bottle of wine off, which is you know, <laughs> I got that going. For we me. need to do that. So, I know. 
He's a, he's a very wise man. Yeah. So one of the things I, I end my podcast this way, and a good friend had told me this, and and I, I'm being honest about this is, you know, we can account for what's in the bank and what we own. We can never account. Uh, for what time we have left. So when you give me an hour of your time and you share your music and your expertise, uh, it's really a blessing and I appreciate it very much. Well, we appreciate you. Thank you very much. We we really enjoyed this and it's been, I met you not even about a week, not even a week ago and uh, this is uh, a pleasure to meet you and a pleasure to do this. All right. I look forward to seeing you guys again. Claire, thanks for jumping in. Thanks for allowing uh, me. Yeah, well, you know, You're nice Bob, really twi- Bob really <laughs> twisted my arm. What can I tell you? <laughs> All right, you guys be well, and we'll be in touch, okay? Me too. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. Please subscribe and comment and visit us at gigdestiny.com. Until next time, be generous with your joy, keep your spirits high, and let the music take you on a journey. Be well. Peace. Thanks so much for listening. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. We really love to hear from you. And call our listener line at 631-800-3579. Again, thanks so much. Be well.